All right, it's the Keefe to the City Giants podcast, and football season is here. It seems odd to say that with the weather here in the New York City area right now. It still feels like July with these, you know, near 90 degree and above feels like 90 degree days. Uh, But football is here. Giants football is back. Week one, this Sunday, 425 kickoff against the Broncos at home at MetLife Stadium. And the Giants come into this game needing a different season, needing a different ending to a season, an ending unlike eight of the last nine seasons endings, which ended without a postseason, which ended with embarrassing records, embarrassing play, letdown losses, late game meltdowns, just horrendous. Whether it was under Tom Coughlin or Ben McAdoo or Pat Shermer or last season and the first season under Joe Judge, it's been the same story with the Giants. They've changed the head coach. They've changed the roster. They've changed the personnel. They've changed the quarterback. And they keep getting the same results, which is losing seasons, postseason less seasons. And that needs to change this season. And I thought it might change last season. After that four-game winning streak got them to first place in what was an awful year for the NFC East, but I knew, and I wrote about it on Keith to the City, that the Giants could go 1-3 and or 0-4 in those final four weeks, and it wouldn't surprise me, even though they'd played so well to get to that point, especially the road win in Seattle with Colt McCoy starting. And they did exactly what I feared. They went 1-3, and losing three straight after the four-game winning streak, and then winning in Week 17 against the Cowboys to momentarily save their season before the Eagles essentially mailed it in, didn't even try to win if anything, purposely tried to lose. But I wasn't a Giants fan that was upset with the Eagles. Yeah, it sucked. It sucked that they could have given two fucks about winning that game against Washington. It it sucked that it came down to that, but the Giants lost 10 games last season, which means they had 10 opportunities to win a game, and many of those they had a lead, and they failed to do so. So they had no one to blame but themselves for a 6-10 and 10 finish, and had they gotten to the postseason, they would have lost to the Bucks in the first round anyway, or most likely lost. I mean, what was the chance they would have won that game? Even though they did play the Bucks well earlier in the regular season, it wasn't going to end that well. And they would have been one and done in the playoffs, and then they would have given you this false sense of reality of who they are and who they were, which was a 6-10 and 10 team. And that's not any good, and this team needs to improve upon that. They need a winning season. They need a postseason season. And it comes down to Daniel Jones, who everyone keeps talking about how big of a year this is for him, how he needs to prove himself this year, because he certainly hasn't to this point. He has flashes where you're like, this guy is the the franchise, this guy is the future. But the majority of the time, he leaves you thinking, what a waste of that number six overall pick in 2019. What a waste to have this guy usher Eli Manning out and bring in the next era of Giants football. And if he doesn't have a good season, that'll be it. They'll have to go blow another high round pick on a quarterback next year. And then basically start from scratch again. Because this is year three. This is the prove me season for Daniel Jones. And he has a lot to prove. And he has a lot to prove in week one. Where the Giants are now three point underdogs at home. This is a very odd line. Opened at two and a half. It's up to three. Three-point underdog against a Broncos team that won five games last year. It was worse than the Giants. But a Broncos team that returns a really good defense. And Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, who's the most sound option they've had since Peyton Manning retired. 
I don't necessarily think the Giants should be underdog. I, I actually find that line puzzling. I would have flipped it. I would have said Giants minus three. But then <laughs> every smart better there is would have hammered the Broncos. So maybe it's more of a zero line. I just I have a hard time thinking the Giants are a three-point dog at home in week one unless their offensive line is truly as bad as people expect it to be. And it could be. And it's crazy to think that they're still trying to fix the offensive line, which was essentially what ended Eli Manning's career. It wasn't his play necessarily. It was the fact that he had no time to throw. He had limited options because the line was so bad. And it's still bad. And it's still not fixed. This problem's still not resolved. So this is a good matchup for the Giants in week one. They have a tough schedule. Their schedule's brutal. But relative to the rest of their schedule, this is a good start. This is a chance to win the first game of the season. Something they haven't done in years. The last time they did so was 2016 season. When they beat Dallas. So, a chance to get the season off on the right foot. Not always chasing. Not always playing from behind. Not always trying to get back to 500. They have a chance to do that this Sunday against the Broncos. And Ian St. Clair of the Mile High Report, Mile High Report Radio, and PlayColorado.com joined me to talk about the Broncos, what to expect in this matchup, what to expect from the Broncos this season. And with the betting focus of Play Colorado, we talk about the Giants over-under wins. We talk about the Broncos over-under wins. We talk about this odd line of the Giants being underdogs at home. So let's get to it. All right, and joining me today to talk about the Broncos with the Giants and Broncos opening the 2021 NFL season on Sunday at MetLife Stadium is Ian St. Clair of the Mile High Report and the Mile High Report Radio, as well as PlayColorado.com. Ian, how's it going today? It's going well, Neil, just getting ready for the start of the season and seeing what the Broncos and Giants have in store for us on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And and I think the thing that stands out, I know uh, you cover the Broncos, you, you, you know, you're on Mile High Report, you're on Mile High Report Radio, um, as well as now Play Colorado and, and uh, sports gambling uh, being legalized in Colorado. And when I first look at this game before we get into some of the roster changes of the Broncos this season is I see a Giants team that, yes, they have many questions on offense, especially the offensive line, but to see them open at two and a half point underdog at home in week one and that line is now up to three a uh, little shocking to me I, I i'm with you i i was shocked when the lions came out in may and most of the sports books had the broncos as the favorite and i think i wonder looking back at that because that's if listeners remember that that's in the middle of all the aaron Rodgers hubbub where there were rumors flying that rogers was going to potentially be the broncos quarterback and i wonder at that point how much that played in the initial line but now that those rumors are obviously dead and it's not happening, and the fact that the line has actually gone up, it's fluctuated a little bit between May and now, but the Broncos have been the consistent spread favorite. I, I'm with you on that. I'm being a little bit surprised, but I think a lot of it is because of the Broncos' defense, and I think the books know that if the defense is as good as it is and Teddy Bridgewater can be that steady Teddy, kind of boring Teddy, where he doesn't really turn the ball over, he's a little more conservative with his plays and his passing I think the books realize that the Broncos have the potential to to be a playoff team based on if you look at the the wins and and the odds for the playoffs right now 
Yeah, and someone who's as someone who's a Giants fan and who regrettably uh, wagers on the Giants in most of their games to cover uh, the last few years certainly hasn't haven't gone well. And I try to always talk myself out of it. And then about five minutes before kickoff, I'm like, yeah, screw it. Let's let's see what they have this week. Uh, but this is a Giants team that comes back with Daniel Jones, comes back with a weak offensive line yet again. Everyone is talking about their defense and how once again is much improved. And, and last year, it, you know, it was a defense that at times uh, was reminiscent of uh you know eight and nine and ten years ago uh to me it seems like they're even teams and when you get even teams usually you get the home team getting the field goal to cover by uh not the other way around so uh, again it is it is very surprising to see the giants uh home dogs here in week one against the broncos and for the broncos a team coming off a five win season last year they make the change at quarterback teddy bridgewater's there now what is the biggest difference uh for this broncos team that has their over-under win total, um, you know, upwards of eight and a half. I think the biggest difference is you basically have the same defense that was top 13 in the league last year based on any any metrics you look at, whether it's yardage or efficiency statistics like at um, Pro Football Outsiders. I, I think the biggest difference is obviously you get Von Miller back. And if he is to the level where a lot of reports out of training camp last year before he got hurt, was that he was going to be a beast, that he was going to be reminiscent of the Von Miller that that football fans and betters saw during that, that run to Super Bowl 50 when he was the Super Bowl MVP and completely destroyed Cam Newton, who hasn't been the same since then. And then you add Pat Sertan, uh, the second, the rookie cornerback from Alabama. I think those two things, and then you add in Ronald Darby, you add in Kyle Fuller, hopefully a healthy Bryce Callahan. You get Justin Simmons, you get Shelby Harris back. So I think the defense is going to be even better than it was last year. I think the secondary for the Broncos is going to be one of the best, if not the best, in football. Now you add Teddy Bridgewater to the equation, who, if he's, if he's able to just be efficient, if he's able to take advantage of hopefully a better running game with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, and he's able to take advantage of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler and Noah Fant. I think that's why you see the Broncos as the favorite heading into this game, because I think sportsbooks want to see what the Broncos have. They, they have bought into the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be better than Drew Locke. The defense is going to be better than it was last year. And in terms of this game on Sunday, I think if you look at what is in front of us, I think one of the biggest question marks around the Giants right now is that offensive line. And going against this defensive front for the Broncos and what Vic Fangio can do, especially with a healthy Von Miller and hopefully Bradley Chubb being on the field, I think that's where this could get into the Broncos' favor. And especially on the offensive side, if the Broncos were able to run the football and take the pressure off of Teddy Bridgewater, I think you can see where the Broncos can end up coming away with the win on Sunday. Yeah, and for Teddy Bridgewater, I've always had this sort of soft spot for him and been a fan of his. Uh, my wife, who's from Los Angeles originally, oddly enough, is a Vikings fan, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I watched, you know, Teddy Bridgewater come up with the Vikings, get drafted, um, the the run he had in that first season with them. Uh, and I think if you go back in time, the Vikings would, you know, regrettably go with Kirk Cousins, cut Teddy Bridgewater because they weren't sure of what would co- become of his knee in the future seasons. Uh, but if you go back in time and the Vikings stay the course with Teddy Bridgewater certainly with the money they've spent on Cousins the money that could have been used elsewhere I think they'd tell you that they made a you know a, a very horrible mistake 
And I think that's if you look at his injury, I think that what that's what makes him such a fun a fun player to watch and to root for because the fact that he's even on the field at this point is a miracle based on that leg injury that he had with the Vikings. So we'll see what happens. I, I as a Broncos fan who's lived through a quarterback carousel that's going to add its eleventh starting quarterback to this blasted carousel, <laughs> and if you any graph the TVs. The TV broadcast used this carousel graphic where they have the various quarterbacks riding like the, the horses or whatever that you see on a carousel. <laughs> well, we're going to add another one to this. I, I think I'm just excited to see what Teddy Bridgewater can do because I, I think they need that steady, calm experience that he brings. And I we'll see what happens. I, I have them pegged as a 9-1 team. So based on the sports book, that would probably hit the over on the wins based on what we have at, at playcolorado.com uh, on the various odds for teams. So we'll see what happens. I, I think either way, it's going to be a close game. I, I don't think either team is going to blow the other out of the water, um, but we'll see. It is weird to see, um, you know, with no more 500 in football, with the 17-game season, that teams who might have been eights or eight-and-a-halves and vice versa, how weird is it to, uh, you know, cover the, the sports betting market and to, to have to deal with this sort of odd number of games now? Oh, I hate it because I hate <laughs> math. I, as, as the Chevy Chase character from Saturday Night Live when he played Gerald Ford, as that it's one of my favorite gifts where he says, I was told there would be no math. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that I now have to adjust my addition to add a game, I hate it. So I, I, I like the 16 games. Yeah. It's easier to add because you can finish eight and eight. Now <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Um, but I, I think one thing that it does in, in terms of like a, a player's prop or player's futures in terms of the odds is what does that mean for players, uh, player totals now? Because you have another game. And one thing that my podcast co-host brought up this week was, was Derrick Henry. And if you think back, if a running back ever gets 2,000 yards, it seemed to be, uh, well, as far as I know, it was like an automatic MVP, right? Well, now that they have a 17th game, what yeah. does that do now? Does that skew season statistics? Or, I mean, now that Patrick Mahomes has another game to add to his potential over 5,000 yards, depending on how people uh, take care of this new gap uh, scheme from the offensive line that Andy Reid has put together. Is, is that going to add to Tyreek Hills and Patrick Mahomes' uh, season statistics or basically any quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, adding the 17th game with Devontae Adams? So I, I think on top of having to adjust my addition abilities, which is horrible because I, I'm terrible at math, now you get the skewed – now you're going to have an added game to add to season totals, which I think is going to be very interesting. Yeah, and it just seemed like 16 was, you know, it's the even number. All the other leagues have even number regular season games. You get to four games a month. Everyone gets to buy. Um, it just it just worked out nicely. It worked out for scheduling purposes, everything, and certainly the 17th game uh, sort of screws it all up. Uh, for the Broncos' backfield, uh, Melvin Gordon with the Broncos now, that um you know left philip Lindsay leaving to go to houston um and to reference my wife again who attended university of colorado huge philip Lindsay fan i've been a huge philip Lindsay fan what an easy guy to, to root for going from the buffs to the broncos um and you know he he certainly didn't have the type of season last year that he had had prior uh but it, it hurts to see that sort of uh hometown guy leave it does uh but i don't think it's surprising 
because I, I, Pat Shermer, the current offensive coordinator and, and former Giants head coach, didn't utilize Philip Lindsay the way they should have. So the fact that Philip Lindsay is gone is probably better for him because I don't think it was going to work with Pat Shermer in this offense. But you get the addition of Javante Williams, who, I mean, he's just been impressive since he stepped in and uh, he flashed in the first preseason game against the Vikings. Um, he's done it over the course of training camp. And I think the thing that makes Javante Williams exciting is that he is a three down back. He is able to pass protect. And then you add in his receiving ability. I mean, everyone makes the comparison to Alvin Kamara, Jacina Anderson on the Friday before day, day two of the draft had an NFL person make the comparison to Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara. If he's able to live up to any close to that, he could be a potential flyer for rookie of the year. And I, I think based on his current betting market, I think the last time I looked at DraftKings, he was at plus 1800. That's a favorable market. Now, obviously it's going to go to Trevor Lawrence, but um, if Javante Williams is able to flash like he has, and it's consistent, he's going to surprise some people. And depending on what the Broncos do, if it makes them a playoff team or if it makes them in contention, he's going to get some attention in terms of uh, potential rookie of the year votes. You mentioned Pat Shermer there not utilizing Lindsay the best to his abilities. It's not um, unusual as a Giants fan to hear Pat Shermer uh, not doing something that he probably should be doing. And I think the one thing that Pete, he's one of those um, hit and miss process, like uh, coordinators, like people either hate him or they really hate him. Like <laughs> I, I find very few Broncos fans who actually like Pat Shermer. But I think he has, having been in Minnesota and and worked with Case Keenum, I think he has a quarterback that's more a natural fit to his system. And, and if you look at Daniel Jones, he actually had his best season with, with Pat Shermer as his head coach and, and offensive coordinator. So I, there's potential there. It's just everyone is skeptical of it. And I, I'm not exactly sure why especially in Broncos country. I don't, part of, part of it is probably the Philip Lindsay um, not utilizing him the way that he should in his offense. But I think that's the biggest question mark. Some, most, some people have around the Broncos right now is going to be Pat Shermer's play calling. Yeah, certainly. And I think that was a, a big issue with Giants fans. The fact that one, he was in over his head as a head coach and was never the right hire. Uh, but then to also try to call the plays while he's trying to game manage uh, just didn't work out here. Uh, but for the Broncos, I know you said you have them as a nine win team. Um, certainly, you know, four, four additional wins from where they were last year, at least headed back in the right direction from uh, where they were of their glory seasons now, which feels like forever ago when they had Peyton Manning. Uh, but what is your uh, sort of ceiling? and floor for expectations for the Broncos this season. The fact that I'm even talking about nine wins and that's somehow <laughs> a win is that tells you how far it's dropped in Broncos country. Because when Pat Bowen was, was around and was the owner, and he, he's obviously passed because of Alzheimer's, but his number one, one of his, he had three goals and one of them was to be number one at everything and compete for Super Bowls. And obviously they haven't done that the last five years. I will see. I, I have them at nine wins. My my podcast co-host Adam Alnati has them at eight. Uh, we differ on the Washington football team game. I, I think they're going to be in the eight to nine wins. I think that's about where they're going to be. But there are games that could flip. And I, I look at the end of the schedule where they close out against the Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs. 
two of those games were on the road. And obviously closing out against Kansas City, I think the only shot they have in that game to close out the season is if the Chiefs have already locked up home field advantage and they have absolutely nothing to play for. But if the Broncos do, I could see Andy Reid playing Patrick Mahomes and his starters just to make sure that the Broncos don't get into the playoffs. But those those two games, specifically the Chargers and the Raiders on the road, if they can win one of those games, if they could win both of them, they could sneak into being an 11-win team. And that's where they could get into the playoff discussion. But it's going to be on those two games. I see Washington as a toss-up game where it could go either way. I think the one thing that helps with that game is the fact that they're coming out of a mini-bye because the week before that, they play the Browns on Thursday night football. And then for that game, Mike Shanahan, former Broncos head coach who led him to back-to-back Super Bowls, is going to be inducted into the ring of fame. So that's why I think the Broncos will have an advantage hosting the Washington football team. Another game that I that could be a potential bubble game is the Bengals. And then, obviously, the division games with the Raiders and the, and the Chargers. If they're able to sweep the Raiders and split with the Chargers, potentially sweep the Chargers, that's how they could get into the playoff discussion. So I have them as, as a nine-win team. It could go – the floor, I think, is eight. The ceiling is 11 to me. All right. The big things from the Broncos this season, potentially. Potentially. It, a <laughs> lot of it is going to depend on Teddy Bridgewater. I think he, he's going to be the driver of this. And as a Hall of Fame tight Shannon Sharp said about Bubby Brister when he filled in for John Elway in that second Super Bowl run in 1998, here's the keys to the Ferrari. Just don't crash it. So <laughs> it's, up to, it's up to Teddy Bridgewater to, to be steady Teddy and, and see if he can get this organization back into at least winning football. All right, Ian. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on. I appreciate it. Uh, big game, big start to the season. Maybe the Giants will <laughs> finally start their season with a win in the first time in forever. Uh, but on your end, you need the Broncos to do the same. So thanks again for taking the time to come on. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Thanks again to Ian for taking the time to come on and talk about the Broncos. Huge matchup, huge game for both teams trying to right the, sh- the franchise trying to flip the script, trying to change who they've been, change their identity the last few seasons. The Broncos certainly have won a Super Bowl more recently. They've been relevant more recently, and the Giants haven't been relevant at all. They've been the laughing stock of the league for nearly a decade now. So one of these two teams has a chance to get their season off fast. 1-0, looking ahead, and for the Giants that means playing this Sunday and then turning around and playing right right again on Thursday night against Washington. A big five days here for the Giants, and it begins Sunday at 425 at MetLife Stadium. So that'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. I'll be back after Sunday's game to talk about it.